This is the Simi Sarah Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March the 30th. I'm Simi Sarah, and welcome to the show. Let's dive into what's happening right now. And this morning, we're getting more details on apparently what the public thinks about the replacement for the Massey Tunnel. Some very interesting numbers being released this morning, Gordon McDonald. So, Simi. So, Gord. Strong support. Strong support. <laughs> um, I'm emphasizing that uh, word strong because the government is emphasizing that word. Uh, problem is that uh, CKNW reporter Charmaine De Silva has kind of gone over the numbers, and I guess it, it's open to question as whether it's strong support. This I is... thought it was mixed support when I looked at it. <laughs> he also, Todd Stone, is quoted as saying thousands of people have given their feedback. I'm looking at the government's own report this morning. It's 1,037 people. Right. As part of this process. So what it is, is uh, they have asked for uh, all along the way, they've asked uh, for feedback from people on uh, the bridge plan to replace the George Massey Tunnel. But it was really interesting when you kind of go through the numbers. So uh, 5% of uh, 5% of the people, 5% have no concerns whatsoever. 24% are generally supportive. 31% have conditional support. 10% uh, are opposed. Now, Simi, one of the issues that, that is kind of confusing here, and maybe the government wants us to be a little bit confused, um, questions about adding lanes of travel and HOV gained lots of support, okay? Okay. But you don't have to build necessarily a bridge to add lanes and HOV lanes. You could do it with a bigger tunnel, for instance. So it's a bit deceptive. Uh, tolls, uh, 37% want a lower rate, 22% are opposed altogether. So what was the old Mark Twain? Uh, oh, there's so many. Liars, have to be- liars figure and figures lie. Something <laughs> like the stats. I, I, I stand to be corrected, but I think our listener gets the point that, you know, it's kind of... These, yeah. These numbers you, can be manipulated in yeah, a lot and, of different ways is what Gord is saying. And, and one more quote here um, uh, from our transportation minister um the input this is from todd stone quote the input we've most recently received confirms support for the environmental benefits of the project and for much needed capacity improvements that will benefit the entire region well everybody's in favor of better transportation but is it specifically the bridge with the extra lanes that's well, the way to go? That's why I'm going to suggest to people that if they really are interested, don't don't go by what the Minister of Transportation is saying here. And quite frankly, listen, don't go by what we're saying either. Read this report yeah. for yourself. All you have to do is Google the words Massey Tunnel Replacement. The report comes up under the Engage in Government uh, website, and you can read it for yourself. Yeah, we on our story on cknw.com, Even better. we've got a link uh, right to the report, and then you can go through it yourself, and you too, listener, can decide if it's strong support. <laughs> I didn't see the strong support. I kept looking for the overwhelming numbers that Todd Stone seemed to suggest. I didn't see them there at all. Overall, I mean, some of these answers that they seem to be hanging all the support on, you're talking about a couple of dozen people who replied to the survey. And I think you and I both know, Gore, that when you're talking about a public consultation process like this, it's hard to attract the attention of the general public. Um, The majority of people aren't going to pay attention until you actually start building the thing and then they're going to have a problem with it. 
we know how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah, or or they'll be in favor of it, you know, and and you know, don't forget we we love to hate big projects. Uh, everybody was, you know, we had uh, gobs and gobs of of uh, Portman Bridge haters, and now we've got the new Portman Bridge with the toll, for better or for worse. Uh, and if you open up the phone lines, people will continue to uh, say good things or bad things about it. Uh, but we do love to hate big projects. I drive the Sea to Sky a few times a week, and every time I go around that corner at Horseshoe Bay and I look at the cut in the mountains, I remember the protests. About oh boy. Destruction of the um, of the uh, special place in British Columbia, and you know um, that's true. That is the way it goes. But this is going to be a particularly large project that will reshape. Uh, that part of Metro Vancouver. You want to have your say, Simi, at uh, cknw.com. And as Gord mentioned, go to our website, cknw.com, read our story, click on the link to the actual report, and read through it for yourself. We'll talk more about it a little bit later. Up next, what else is happening right now? Well, a Burnaby tenant says she was evicted to make way for Airbnb. What's the story there? What's going on behind that? We'll find out next. Hi, it's John McComb. You're listening to The Simi Sarah Show on CKNW. And this is what's happening right now. We got an email from him saying that he needed a place for family over the summer and that he needed us to leave, but we were welcome to come back in September, which we thought was weird. So we just went outside to check out Airbnb, and sure enough, our place was up and ready to book. Okay, I have a feeling a lot of people might have a similar story like that. So that is a Burnaby tenant. Teresa Menzel. Okay, who says that she they didn't want to leave because I know the landlord is telling a bit of a different story here. Yeah, so uh, what she says is that uh, landlord wanted to have family come into the unit uh, through the summer. Uh, uh, Teresa and her two roommates could come back in September. Uh, So uh, she goes on Airbnb and finds out that uh, the landlord has got the unit up for 200 bucks a night up on Airbnb. Now, that's her side of the story. She feels, you know, pretty ticked off and this is completely unfair and Airbnb and this kind of thing needs to be um, needs to be uh, governed. Now, the landlord, uh, Shelby Tom did the story last night and reached out to the landlord and he tells a different story, says that to Teresa Manziel and her roommates, the lease was up the end of April, but Teresa wanted to get out the end of March. So he had one month there uh, where he, you know, wasn't going to make any, let, he let her go, uh, being a nice guy, let her go a month early. Uh, but he had a month there where he wasn't, wasn't going to make any money. So why not put it up there on Airbnb for the month of April? Now, um, sh- Teresa feels that she's been lied to by the landlord. Landlord, uh, you know, says, no, this is, that's not what happened. So it's a bit of a he said, she said. It raises the issue, though, Simi, that uh, when a lease is up with someone who's renting a suite, does the landlord have to, you know, renew it? Or is the landlord free and clear to do what he wants, he or she wants with their unit and, for instance, put it up on Airbnb? Now, I'm sure the uh, tenancy, the residential tenancy branch would have, um, there are rules around this. But if Airbnb, is, and we're, we're hearing more and more that more and more units, uh, people are, are using Airbnb to try and make some money on their investment if they're landlords, uh, are we going to see rental stock continue to go down because landlords are converting it to Airbnb? And if they do that, is it's kind of like the old renovation? Remember that where yeah. uh, tenants, usually it was on the downtown east side, then the west end. Well, we're going to renovate the place so you got to get out, and they do minor renovations, and then they double the rent. 
Uh, so you know, they used to be called renovictions. Um, they tried to clamp down on that. Are they going to have to do the same thing with people who say, uh, look, you got to get out and then turn around and uh, rent it out on the short-term on, uh, online sites like Airbnb? And the problem with this as well is this was the one area where that recent housing survey study that was put out by the city of Vancouver, this was the one thing where they couldn't determine how big of an impact, even though there's all these anecdotal stories about what a problem Airbnb is and how it's affecting availability and affordability for people. This is the one area where we actually couldn't get any stats on it. It's kind of difficult to check. It goes back to what uh, a couple of weeks ago you had the mayor of Tofino on when uh, they passed that motion because they want all the Airbnb operators to actually take a business license uh, because she was arguing that, look, money's changing hands. Uh, hotels pay uh, a business license. Why shouldn't Airbnb operators? So, and the city of Vancouver is looking at Airbnb, what to do about it. So again, Simi, it's another example, a little bit like Uber, where technology has moved leaps and bounds, but the yeah. rules by which uh, we govern things hasn't followed as quickly. That's so true. It's almost like municipalities are struggling all over North America way, to catch I, up. I heard an, an ad for Uber. Did on you? The radio. Yeah, interesting. Here? Yeah. Yeah, I heard an ad for Uber. It was interesting that uh, if they're starting, uh, 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 we don't know. They, this, know they know something we don't know, Gordon. Well, maybe. I think they do because we know as well. You know how it got really quiet all of a sudden and the discussion over regulating Uber and welcoming them? They they went about, they did things differently. They went on the down low. They hired lobbyists in Victoria connected to people uh, that they knew there. And they've been quietly working behind the scenes now. And So if you heard an ad... I would suggest to you that they know they're pretty close to getting some kind of regulation to operate here in BC. Well, we've got, you know, it's the city of Calgary or Edmonton? Edmonton. It's Edmonton that's actually brought in rules uh, for Uber. Still arguing, I guess, Uber and uh, the Calgary uh, City Council are still arguing about what's appropriate and what's not. But the public wants these things. The public wants Airbnb. The public wants Uber. Those are facts of life. Yeah. So, we got to make it work. In the- regulators have got to start to get in line, or there's going to be more Teresa Manzel who feel is pretty upset with their landlord or the landlord who may be upset with Teresa. And if you've got a story like that, you feel that happened to you or something like that, let me know. Simi at uh, cknw.com. We're also going to talk this morning about distracted driving. In the average year, we'll write over 9,000 distracted driving tickets alone. Uh, The month of March, we've been lucky and we've written over 1,600 uh, distracted driving tickets just in the in the month of March alone. All right, that's from the Vancouver Police Department. I don't know, Gord, if you call that lucky or if you call that sad, because that's a lot of tickets. That's Constable Mike Keller, the traffic union. Shelby Tom, our reporter, traffic unit, I should say, with the Vancouver Police. Uh, Shelby Tom, our reporter, was out at uh, one of their um, distracted driving uh, checkpoints yesterday. And I love this uh, clip that Shelby have of the officers. So you know how you've got a spotter and then a spotter alerts the officers further down the road that Simi or Gord have been on their cell phone and then the officer pulls you over. Uh, This is a quote from the conversation that the spotter was having. Male driver, cell phone, right hand, right ear, cell phone, right hand, right ear, mouth moving. (laughs) Love that. So kind of obvious, I <laughs> yeah, guess, in that so case, that right? Getting, uh, we know that heavier fines are coming. Uh, they're going to come in May. We don't know exactly how much. Uh, BC, it's $167 per infraction. It's $287 per infraction in Alberta. And it's $1,000 per infraction in Ontario. 
if these numbers are true across crackdowns by police across B.C., uh, you got to think there would be public support for the province to come down hard well, and charge I'm, a heavy fine because it seems like we're not getting the message. No kidding. And what is taking so long? So we're going to talk about that coming up just after the 1030 news. When we come back, very interesting last night in the United States presidential race on the Republican side. Little uh, cage match, you could say, between Anderson Cooper and Donald Trump. That's next. This is Terry Shins from the CKNW Newsroom. You're listening to the CKNW Simi Sarah Show, and this is what's happening right now. I didn't start it. Well, that's, I didn't uh, start it. But, sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. No, it's not the, yeah, no, it's the, the argument, argument of a five-year-old. Is, excuse me. He started You it. would say that. That's the problem with our country. Every parent knows that's, a that's kid not who a says he started Excuse me. I still can't even believe that exchange so the happened. Problem, the problem with America is that um, when Donald Trump says he started it uh, and Anderson Cooper of CNN says, excuse me, sir, but that's the argument of a five-year-old. No, it's not. Like, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Did yeah. so. Did not. Like, it's just, it, it, well, it's it's a funny clip. But, but that's an interesting, that's one from uh, the three Republican candidates in the presidential race on a CNN town hall. I mean, that's the one kind of getting most of the play. The thing I'm wondering about is that the three candidates, Kasich, Cruz, and Trump, said that they won't be, they, they won't necessarily support the winner. They won't, they're not guaranteeing that they will support the winner, whichever of the three is the winner. Um, they did a big deal publicly uh, at one of these debates in September in which all three said they will support the eventual winner, what, whatever happens. So it was an actual, it was a requirement from the head of the Republican National Committee when people committed to run for president that he asked them all to sign this pledge. This is exactly what they didn't want to see happen. And then all of a sudden last night he said, I might not in, do that anymore. In those days, they thought it was a problem because Trump might run as an independent and destroy uh, the Republican side of things. Trump likely at this moment looks like he's going to win the nomination. The Republican things may still get destroyed with Trump as front if Kasich and Cruz, you know, take their ball and go home and say they won't play ball. So it's just it's uh, how, how you do that. Like, I, I don't get like I, there's the juvenile comments with with um, Anderson Cooper, right? There's I, that, but there's this thing like that's kind of a big deal. When but you, the thing with the the wives, when when he went after uh, Ted Cruz's wife last week, I've noticed that even people like Ann Coulter, who has been a very big supporter of Donald Trump, has been saying publicly that was a mistake and he shouldn't be doing this. But he doesn't back down from that, and that's the problem. I think there was a bit of a turning point last week when he did attack Ted Cruz's wife, where even people who support him thought. Oh no no! This is when, not good. This do, is not good. When does when does stuff start to sink into the individual support? Your wife's ugly. I'm not backing down from that. Your wife's ugly. Well, right, you know, I'm down, still going to support you because you know you're not Gord, backing down. Gord, it's okay. Like 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 that's. It's, I don't know. And I think pretty soon we're going to start to see the impacts maybe. of that. Like we're getting there, and the summer is going to be very interesting. The general election campaign. Gets more interesting. Um, every Cleveland day. is the Cleveland is the Republican campaign. Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy, it's gonna that be an interesting be wild. summer. Oh, by the way, there was a 15 year old pepper sprayed in a big dispute outside yeah. of Wisconsin rally. We had a big kerfuffle yesterday that continues today about His campaign, uh, the campaign manager. manager grabbing the reporter's arm, charged with battery and assault, and Donald Trump casting aspersions on the reporter, attacking uh, the reporter. Oh, I know. It's it's a kind of craziness that I've never seen before, and many people have not. And that brings us to our last issue about craziness yeah 
Is it or is it just a weird fetish? We're talking about exhibitionists. Uh, so people in this building in downtown Vancouver got a bit of an eyeful yesterday on the what side of the building would you say that is? Gord? That is the east side, side of the okay, building. So, uh, we've been here 10, 15 years. Yes. And there was uh, a gentleman at the hotel across the way who spent a long, long time yesterday standing stark naked with the curtains open. I don't know. Just checking everything uh, out. 45 minutes he spent standing there. Everybody on that side of the building, not just this station, but every law firm, <laughs> bank, ever The building tilted. They were talking about it in the elevator. They were all... I, I, We've had couples having uh, very wild um, uh, sex with the windows wide open. Uh, now, my... Being, being, you know, being viewed by hundreds of people. So it, there's one thing about with the windows open and you're looking out at the ocean or you're looking out the forest, but windows open in a downtown hotel where you know that there's several thousand people in the building beside you. I thought that somebody should have called the front desk and the front desk should have gone up there and said, excuse me, sir, put some clothes on. And I got, I got totally argued down in the room. They're like, no, no, the guy's in the privacy of his own room. No, it's illegal. There is no reasonable expectation of privacy when you're standing in the window like that. And I think, you know, who it could be kids. Kids could see that. It is so disturbing. Put some, Who, uh, what is this psychological need for exhibitionism? Who, That's what we're going to talk about well, a little bit later. I'd like to know who in the hotel you want to go have to, you know, what's the guy got to say? Knock on the door. Who, who gets that job? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. We've had some complaints. And Please put some, put some clothes, clothes on before on. we answer the door. So awkward. What do you think should be done in a situation like that? Should they knock on the door and tell the guy to put some clothes on? Send me at cknw.com. We'll talk distracted driving next. This is News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.